Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. to the College Chaos Podcast. Garrett Ross, Jack McKenzie here with you. And it's been a minute since we've done this. Uh, last week, we didn't do an episode. I was out in Arizona for the Super Bowl. Jack was holding it down here. And, you know, with, with all the, the technological glitches and everything that can transpire, it was best to delay it for a week. And I'm kind of glad we did, man, because being able to, to have a little extra time to work with this gave us a lot of uh, hot-button topics to, to deal with here. You got Texas and Oklahoma officially headed to the SEC after 20, uh, in 2024. I, you know, and I, this is one where I never even expected this to last to 2025. I just realistically getting down to the nuts and bolts and looking at how much Texas wanted out, more so than Oklahoma, per se. I didn't even see this one lasting uh, the, the full tenure of the – original agreement to 2025 with the Big 12. And then you have the Pac-12. I mean, you, you got a lot of mess going on out there with the Pac-12. Uh, I think they were probably looking at this like Kevin Warren's gone now from the Big 10. We don't have to worry about anybody swooping in and stealing any more of our schools. And now, I mean, you're, you're in negotiations and are, you have, uh, you know, linear groups dropping out and, and you're kind of running up against the clock here with that. And then, Got some buy or sell stuff to get into as well, man, with the SEC and a lot of hot-button topics there. But overall, man, how, how are you feeling this week, and what are some of your thoughts on Texas OU? Uh, I'm I'm feeling good. A little tired covering for your ass. Oh, but. I bet, dog. I appreciate <laughs> you holding it down for real, <laughs> nah, though. Nah, nah. And Anyway, it was fun. But, um, yeah, honestly, I feel like there's a nice sense of calm and we can move on we know what's happening this right. year for the big 12 people can kind of have that farewell hateful tour yeah with with all that and then they can they can look forward to not having to deal with this like this weird like you as, as someone who's a an alum of a big 12 school currently right. there, there was this weird like we have to not play four of these schools yes yeah. And we're so excited for all of the new members, but we want our last shots at Texas and OU. And not to mention, like, we still want to play all the people who were the, in the hateful eight. Right. So, like, you're not going to get all that. You can't. There's not enough games. So, it, there's this nice sense of we have this one-year one-off where we don't get a lot of what we want, uh, and then we can move into it. We can really have a nice, like, kind of a fresh start next year. I think that's interesting that you brought that up because – you, I mean, you're right. You, you went to Baylor. You are an alum of a Big 12 school. For me, um, even living in the general area, I never really kept up with the Big 12 football growing up. Uh, I was more dialed in on SEC and Big 10. And um, so that's kind of where I've, I, I've, as covering Baylor since 2017, has really garnered my attention towards the Big 12. And I've watched more Big 12 athletics over the past few years than I have, you know, in forever. So I come, I come at this from a different angle. So with that being said, and, and as an alum, how do you, like, overall, are you glad to see this? Are you sad? Are there certain, or, for instance, you're not going to get Oklahoma if you're Baylor. So you have to look at last year, which is arguably probably your last time ever that you're going to see the Sooners. Well, how does, as an alum, how do you feel about all of that? Um, as an alum, I thank God we beat Oklahoma last year. Right. Because otherwise, I'd feel honestly really annoyed that we didn't get a final shot at them knowing it was the final shot. You, like, because because Baylor won last year, it was more of a, like, oh, no. Like, yeah. we beat them in their place last time. We didn't know it was the last time, but now we do, and we can live with that. Texas, we lost to, so it's great. We get another shot, and we know it's the last one. We can put everything into that. So, for Baylor alums... I think, yes, it's worked out. I'm, I'm happy about it. It's like we get to move on. We don't have to deal with another year of the will they, won't they. They're gone. We want them to be gone, but we want them to give us all the money that they owe, uh, oh, they yeah. owe the Big 12 yeah. and all that. Just like and some people are, some people out there being like, give them all away games. That was never going to happen. 
so the, the, my, my point is Baylor, it's really school by school. I know Baylor alums are fine for the most part with, with the way it all worked out. Now, other schools, I think it, it's really going to be like, well, what if, what if we, like, if they don't play OU or Texas this year, it's like, well, we lost the last one and we didn't know, like, come yeah. on, give us another shot. Or they won, they beat both of them last year or something. And they're like, no, we're good. Texas is supposed to be the best team in the league this year. Like a lot of people think yeah. they could be. And Oklahoma, they could turn around to. It's like, we don't want to go out losing to both of them in the same year. I think that's kind of been what, where I'm at, like looking at a whole and, and how the, the parting is going to take place between the parties and the conferences. If you're the Big 12, I think you look back at the past two seasons where you have Kansas State win the, win the Big 12 championship and Baylor win, you know, against TCU and against um, – uh, Oklahoma State. So Texas and Oklahoma have really been a non-factor. Um, so I think that's good. But to me, you would have liked to probably left it as is and had them leave this season. Whereas you run the chance of, I, I, and I've said it before on here, I, I really think Texas is going to win the Big 12. And to Texas me, Texas could go in Little Brother absolutely. this whole league and the, be and like embarrass the new members and make everything look like, oh, they're they're a JV league. And that's what I think is the worst case scenario if you're the Big 12. Like you, there's no way in hell you can allow that to happen. Uh, no, and, and whether it's let's be real, let's flesh out this worst case scenario a little. It's Texas and OU meeting the Big 12 title game. And their only loss, the only loss between they like go to them triple overtime. Is, <laughs> like their, their only Big Twelve loss between them is the Red River game, and then they go to triple overtime. Yeah, that's a that's a nightmare scenario that I I don't even like. Freddy Krueger is probably licking his chops if that comes up. You know what I'm saying? Like, but yeah. I, it, it's it's so interesting though that I'm glad this happened, and I, I guess you could say my team is LSU, so I, I guess I'm an SEC guy, but I'm really not. Um, I don't really give a damn about them coming over. Like, it, it does nothing for me. Um, I think in the end, Oklahoma is really going to regret this move. I think tech, they're kind of like the bully that just tags along with the other bullies, you know, because they, they don't want to be left out. Yeah. And once everything hits the fan and, and, and the person they've been following gets checked and it's like they're up next, they're going to be like, what the hell? And they're running away. You know, like I feel I, I, Oklahoma's I, in a weird situation here. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they're in a weird situation. I don't necessarily think they'll they'd run away. I'd like, I, I think they'll step up to the plate more than maybe you're saying. But um, yeah, I think I, I was saying this to you before the show, but I think it's Texas is going to regret it short term, and then love it long term, and Oklahoma's going to like it better than Texas short term and regret it long term. See, I, I like that. I just feel like I don't know if Texas will regret it at all. Like like I feel like if they were entering um and they were on the similar say they were entering this season, they were on a trajectory uh like they were the prior three seasons compared to the last two where you didn't see the Legos starting to fall in place and it's starting to build up. Um, then maybe they might be a little apprehensive, but I feel like they're so excited. They're ready to get out of here. They they feel like they've it's a little the big brothers and you know you're looking down on everybody I, I feel like they can go over there and i don't think they're going to make a mark i, I don't really i think it's going to oh, be I don't think eerily similar the playoffs for but for i don't think it's going to bug them i, I think, I think the it's money bug them that they're not sniffing the playoffs i think it's really going to bug them i don't though i i, I just feel like you got to be realistic going into it and i mean look you could take a good team i mean texas a&m's had better recruiting classes than Texas has over the past few years, and they've been and mediocre they at best. The playoff. That's what I'm saying. So I just I feel like it's not going to bug Texas's ego in a way that it would. I feel like they're going to be happy regardless that they're out. I think. I mean, I think that could stem the I ego think a little bit. Texas is unhappy unless they're winning championships, no matter. Well, where then they've been at. miserable for years. Yeah, they are. They are. They I will look, be. I, I, I don't think it's going to be necessarily a, a, a short-term hiccup for them that they're, like, dampering on the, the situation. I just I, – I see them, like, being happy that they're on their way out and, and they're on to what they perceive to be greener pastures. I think they're happy about that, but I think that's a minuscule amount of how happy they are. Like, I, I think everything is championship-centered in Austin. It I is. I, I mean, it should be. That. And I think they are going from a place where they can win conference championships and get into the playoff easily once it goes to 12 to a place where they're going to be fighting to be that fourth team in the SEC. Fighting. Oh, yeah. At least. Tooth and nail. 
So, like, I just don't see them being happy. Right. I think they're going to be like, great, we've got money. Well, we could have gotten it from our donors to make up for it. Like, people will pay the money if they can see the success coming. But if they're just not going to succeed, what does the extra money from the actual conference mean to them? Well, I mean, I think it's very similar to what you've been dealing with now. I mean, they, ha they haven't been succeeding, and they're still, you know, complaining and throwing their weight around about money i don't think that's really going to change in that aspect i think that's one of those they're actually going to fit in with the they're going to have more people around them with that like-minded mindset of, uh, i'm fully in the boat of they are going to wear thin on the sec because oh, the SEC is like it's like light beer versus versus like full-on regular <laughs> right. beer. it's like it it's just i hope they get humbled that's what that's the thing i'm more worried. like are you finally going to be humbled as a program I hope yes, but I'm nervous. No, that's intriguing. Well, one of the big hiccups it depends on what you mean by humbled, though, because like, are you it, are you can you are you going to go in there and try to say we want this certain thing and throw your weight around like you've done for years and everybody look at you and be like, ah, that's cute. Shut the hell up. I think that will happen. But it's I'm also thinking like in terms of on field results, I think humbled to them would be like where Arkansas has been lately. And by lately, I mean, like before that one year where Sam <laughs> yeah. Pittman popped off. And I think that's probably their floor in the SEC. I don't see them doing much worse than that. So what, like floor is what, like 7-5? I'd, I'd, I'd say 6-6. Six and six. Yeah. But, like, they could be humbled more than that, but that would take a coaching change and a, a, probably a bad coaching change. Yeah, and I don't see that happen. I think Sark is completely safe. If there's any – if you were looking at coaching changes, I think you see a situation where Brent Venables is out at Oklahoma and, like, three years and they're searching for somebody to you know come in and try to you know help them get acclimated to the sec i think sark's got a sark is the best situation for texas i mean i don't i don't think they're rolling into this situation with as much confidence as they have without him he, he's just kind of been the what they've been looking for for quite some time in a coach yeah that, that's fair uh real quick scotty b in chat room uh back to Back to the kind of hateful eight standpoint. He uh -huh. says he's beyond relieved that Texas and Oklahoma will be gone to the SEC in 2024. Dude, I think that's 95% of Big 12 fans. And honestly, I wouldn't even say necessarily Big 12 fans. I think it's just fans of college football in general. Like, just make them shut the hell up. Like, just just get this over with. Let's move on to the next chapter and let everything unfold. And then you can either reap the rewards or you're going to be wishing like hell you would have just kept your mouth shut and stayed pat. Like, I, I think that's where you're at if you're – in general, a college football fan across the board. Yeah, and and long term for for the hateful eight, the the new Big Twelve. I don't I don't think anyone will long term be unhappy that it happened sooner rather than later. Oh, no. because it's it's just move on with your life, get into the new. Like, so you didn't beat them the last time that you played them. What were the odds that was actually going to happen over? Like, right? If you if you like threw a threw a dart on a timeline of like they're gonna randomly leave this year. Yeah, it's like. Well, are, are they going to be mediocre and you have a shot at beating them, or are they going to be good and you really don't have much right. of a shot at beating them? So That's a good point. So I, you, like, you can only be so unhappy yeah. with them leaving at the end of this next football season. I, I, just, I, I don't see a world where there's any Big 12 fan like, oh, I'm so sad to see them go. <laughs> like, everybody's like, please be gone. Thank you. We'll be about our business. Now, I think it would be different if there wasn't already that like new media deal agreement like right yeah there. yeah if, if, so you if know you're big, stabilized if, if the big 12 wasn't stable yeah. from a monetary standpoint it seems then i think there'd yeah. be a lot more gnashing of teeth and no I, I completely agree with that 1000 percent. and one of the so with this finally you know coming to fruition and taking place there's going to be a lot of um i don't necessarily say trickle down would be the right term but there's gonna be a lot of stuff coming after this and i thought it was interesting because we kept hearing you know, stories about this, and it was like, well, this is all getting held up by multiple entities, whether it was just Texas, Oklahoma, Fox, or ESPN. There was just multiple avenues. And I feel like when you look at how things shook out, um, the com to me, and I, I could be wrong in this, I just feel like we're reading between the lines, it was Fox that was holding this up. And the reason I say that is because Texas and Michigan were already scheduled to play uh, a home-and-home I believe it was 2024-2027 season, and the game was initially supposed to take place in Austin. 
Well, now Fox has come out. They've reworked the deal between the two programs. The game is going to take place first in Ann Arbor, which that's going to be on Fox, and they'll get the revenue from that. So I kind of feel like that was intriguing to see that play out, see the necessary adjustments, because for so long, I think prior to COVID, when it come to dealing with schedules and TV negotiations and everything, we were programmed to believe like it took months, you know, that you couldn't just do this on the fly. And once everything happened and we started seeing things change, like at the drop of a hat, it, it kind of like opened the world up to, well, that was a load of crap. We can make this work. And I think this is another step to seeing that. And it, it's funny though, like the first power five, I guess the first game of the power five dom power conferences, as you want to say, it's going to be Texas and Michigan. Like, what are your thoughts on that game? And how, how is that going to be from the Big 12 perspective if you're watching that as, okay, SEC, the, the, the Texas is representative of the SEC in this matchup? Well, there's no question you want Texas to lose. Um, I don't think <laughs> at all. But uh, I, what I really think is uh, important to keep in mind with, with looking at the, the scheduling and the media deal aspect of it all is, well, one, the Big Ten's moving over to CBS. Right. Which means Fox would have gotten completely cut out. I believe that move won't be made until, uh, like, that game will be played on Fox. Yeah. And that's why that was such a big hang-up. Uh, because Fox was like, we're not going to get cut yeah, out. we got to get some money, yeah. A big non-conference. Like, those are two of the, what, five, I mean, three biggest yeah. brands in college football? Absolutely. Hands down. So, I mean, you can understand it from that point of view. Um but yeah, I think otherwise, Big Twelve is all rooting for te rooting against Texas. Like, like I don't no want to watch that game and and think that Texas has to represent my cause. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't like it. I don't care. I don't want to see it and be like, oh, win one for the SEC, Texas. I really don't I, like you. <laughs> I maybe maybe I'm just a non-believer in these things, and everyone else believes in it. But like, I. I don't see how it's some big matchup between the two. Call me back when it's the title game. Call, but, me, back yeah, no, when, call me back when we know the quality of the teams at the end of the year. Jack, you're talking logical. <laughs> We're in a world where logic is just not relevant. We got we to gotta gas things up a little bit. Why, why do we need to gas things up? I mean, one, scheduling can... Scheduling is so much easier than any of these schools make it out to seem. Oh, so yeah. Like we, we could see a bunch of these kind of matchups in the future where it's like, oh, these are two storied programs, but we don't know if either is actually going to be a title right. contender this year. So, like, it'll get hyped up by whoever's running it, whoever wants to get views off of their pregame, postgame, and game mm -hmm. for all of that. So, like, I, I back to I, this is what I was missing there when I kind of like punted back to the oh the Big Twelve will be rooting against Texas thing. Um, schools and conferences make scheduling for college football seem so much harder, and like you have to do it years in advance. Yeah, no, you can. We saw it during COVID. You can cobble this crap together within a couple months easily. I don't know why schools aren't just like we think it's advantageous for us. To hold off yeah and to see where our program's at 24 months out and then schedule because like if we it, like it's like oh well it's looking like you know we're gonna get this rotation of conference games so that means that's a weak rotation mm -hmm. we probably need a little bit better of a non-conference game to, right to buff our schedule up a bit versus oh we've got a we've got a brutal brutal conference stretch we're gonna go cupcakes yeah we're going to go cupcakes in the non-conference. Like, I don't know why colleges aren't more reactive to their conference schedule, which should be set in stone earlier mm -hmm. and, frankly, has greater effect on their, their playoff chances than the non-conference. Like, why aren't they more reactive with the non-conference scheduling? Because they can be. Like, they really can be. If, if the top schools start leaving open dates, yeah. if the right key players start leaving open dates later and later and later – everyone will start doing it. And it might be a little more hectic and probably more pressure on the athletic departments, but I think it would be a lot better for the sport. I think you get a lot more interesting matchups. I think it would too. And, you know, that's gonna that's kind of a great segue too because now with the addition of Texas and Oklahoma and the SEC, that's going to do away with the divisions, which I think Thank is God. kind of good um, because there have been so, – like, there are instances where like, – I don't think Georgia and A&M have ever played yet. 
since SC, then since uh, A and M's gone to the SEC, or if they have a spin like I think one time once. Okay, I, I don't think they've played the return trip yet. See, and that's ridiculous. Like you need to play. Like there, you go on these runs where you don't see certain teams for a decade or so, and th- that does nothing. Like that, that I don't, I don't like that at all. And then you're a team like Georgia, who okay, you've been living it up in the East, and you're playing freaking Kentucky and Vanderbilt every year. Like, oh, cool, good for you. You got an easy ride. So I'm actually excited to see Georgia have to freaking step up and actually play people and work their way into the damn title instead of just moseying through playing the Sisters of the Poor. Like, that that's one of the benefits of this to me. I don't want to sound like an SEC backer here, but the Sisters of the Poor is a bit much outside of Vanderbilt. Hey, look, dude, it might be, but over there, that's that's the Sisters of the Poor. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, and and for the most part, I I agree. Just because divisions have seemed very stupid to me as conferences have grown. When you've got divisions in a 12 team conference, you you get three cross. You play half of the other division. Yeah, like that's good. You're getting plenty, but once you move up to 14 teams, I'm sorry, you are not playing enough people from the other conference, especially when you're at eight conference games. Yeah. Eight conference games. Well, and see, that's going to be the tricky thing, too, is is the SEC right now, do you stick with eight or do you make it to where you have nine conference games? And, and I think I, I've seen mixed emotions on this. Um, for me, I, I would I would kind of like it to stick to eight and then maybe you try to work in a power five non-con. Why do you want to stick to eight? I guess I'm just used to the the buy and, and that extra time you have. I, it doesn't matter. Well, then cry me a river and get over it because you oh. need to catch up with the rest of college football. That's fine. But still, like, if you could have, say, you had eight conference games, you had one Power Five non con, and then you had a team that you could help out. Like, not good enough. Not good enough at all, period. Not good enough at all. Because that means me. In a, in a Power 5 conference, if I'm, say, Baylor or, say, Purdue, mm-hmm. uh, my, those are my two yeah. kind of favorites. Um, that means I'm playing, because I'm also going to play that that Power 5 non-con. Like, say, it's right. LSU versus Purdue, rematch of that bowl game. Mm-hmm. That means Purdue has 10 regular season Power 5 games. 10. You are guaranteeing yourself only nine, which I alone have to play to make it through my <laughs> conference slate. You need to step up it is weakness it is taking advantage of their not of the ncaa being toothless everyone should play the same number of power five games unless they choose specifically to play more it is expected you play a power five non-conference it is better be at this point which means you get punished if you play an extra cupcake even though you technically are just evening the field with the sec or the acc because they're only playing a conference games those two conferences are taking advantage, and they need to be forced to stop, especially if they're going to grow into bigger conferences. Because, let's be real, it's a weird thing where Georgia has not played A&M for the return trip yet. <laughs> it really is. It's terrible. So even if they it's do a away, terrible look. doing away with divisions helps, but the bigger help would be playing that extra conference game. That's fine. I don't care. I, I, either way, I don't give a damn. Uh, I think it's going to be sorted out in the end. I don't give a damn. But the the ultimately, I think what's going to be funny is because you when this first was coming out, you had the talk of or would they go into a pod system, which I thought was kind of unique. Pods I mean, would be good. But now it, it's more like instead of doing pods, you're going to do three permanent opponents, and then you'll rotate around playing everybody else. That would be great as well. I, I think if you if you did that and then you set it up to where you like did home and homes where every, you know, two to four years you're playing everybody and just kind of rotate around, you know, that would be great. I don't know the logistics and all that, but at this point that's got to be something that you can figure out. Um, looking at this though. So the, I found two different sets of lists when it comes to permanent opponents. One was on the athletic and one was for two, four, seven sports. And be honest with you, the two, four, seven sports seems like they just kind of threw some shit against the wall and hope it stuck. Well, but that might be two, four, sevens thing, but yeah, but you know, so, from uh, one of the articles on The Athletic, Texas's permanent opponents would be Arkansas, Oklahoma, A&M. I think that makes perfectly logical sense. Do you have any quotes against that? Do you not like that? No. It has to be A&M. has to be Oklahoma. 
who else who else besides Arkansas would you would you even throw in there? Uh I mean if you wanted yeah, I mean, I, nobody, because yeah, I, no the only thing I could think sense. of was like Mizzou with the old connection, but that's too far yeah. out of the way, and nobody gives a damn about Mizzou and I'm curious Texas. about Oklahoma's. Like, after Texas, who? who? So, okay, very, very good segue there. Oklahoma, on here, according to The Athletic, they get Florida, Mizzou, and Texas. I think that works for them. Mizzou, Mizzou is one I feel like that needs to be there, and you don't want, you can't overlap too many of these – like what permanent used to rivalries. be, yeah. So you, A and M O U is probably one that just has to hit the chopping block there. And Florida's Florida's one that interests me. Maybe that's just because I remember the Bradford Reed Tebow well, title game and I, all that. But I think they're very similar programs too. Like like they think they're better than what they truly are. Um, they're both in states where it's kind of s- skeptical if you care to live there or not. Um, and I think, you know, they're just average at best sometimes. I mean, I just feel like it works for them. You could make that marriage work together. And there are two programs I really don't care about in the grand scheme of college athletics. That's – there are some bold statements in there. I know. Bold statements. Bold statements. I think you uh, I think you forgot that Florida, the university, is different from Florida, the state. And while both are crazy, uh, people still care to live in Florida. They really certain do care areas. to certain areas, but those areas have a lot of people. Um, also, Oklahoma has had a lot of football success. I think to discount the n- number of national championships, Heisman winners, all-time great coaches, I I think you're you're taking a bit of a stretch there to kind of put Texas and and others so easily above them in the ranks of all-time great programs. I'm not putting them in the ranks of all-time great programs. I just think they're overrated in the grand scheme of things. If you're if you're the grand scheme of things is looking at the last 15 years, yeah, sure. You look past the the last 15 years and then I'm going to have to start start calling you on that. I mean, hey, I you know, I, I, that's just kind of where I'm at with that. Point is, I I like that. I like that uh that permanent one. Florida's probably sacrificing a permanent there to someone who they'd rather have. Right. Because they have to have Georgia. They have Let's to. Let's see. Like. So, if Florida is caught. So, this is still with the athletic. Florida would get Georgia, Oklahoma, and Tennessee. I mean, that makes sense. That's sacrificing the LSU game. We get so much good, good I, stuff from I'm the LSU I'm so game. glad. I don't. I, don't even get me on that. That's I one of those. <laughs> I, I, I want the shoe throwing pettiness. I want the shoe throwing pettiness. I'm all about the pettiness. I despise Florida, uh, which is why you should play them every year. <laughs> so A&M. So A&M is kind of the oddball in all this because I, I, it's so weird because they they left trying to get away and then now they're sucked back into the same bubble where you really can't talk Oklahoma and Texas without A&M being in the corner like spying <laughs> yeah. on you like a creep like your every move. <laughs> But so A and M, it's like it's like that um, that sponge shoot. People are gonna flame me for this if they love SpongeBob. But it, it's <laughs> like the you know other characters are talking, and SpongeBob's like, I had a pen once or whatever. It's <laughs> exactly what it is. You know what I'm Don't saying? forget about me. I'm over here hiding in the corner. <sighs> but so A and M would get Arkansas, LSU, and Texas, according to the Athletic. That makes sense to me. Um, you know, it, it's. They wanted to. Sorry, it was. I lost something once. That actually fits perfectly for Texas A&M. They've lost. They've <laughs> lost something once or twice, including <laughs> their dignity. But oh, no, so man. they would get Arkansas, LSU, and Texas. I, I think that all makes sense. Uh, you know, going back to the way Arkansas and them, even before they joined the SEC, started that little rivalry per se at Jerry World and everything. So I, I like that for them. But I want to look at this. So 247 Sports, according to them, A&M would be Mississippi State, Oklahoma, and Texas. I, I'm not feeling that at all. Like, I don't. Say that again, sorry. They would get Mississippi State, Oklahoma, and Texas. Mississippi State, Oklahoma, and Texas for A&M. Yes. No. See what I'm saying? Like, no. that makes no sense. Like, you're, you're trying too hard with Oklahoma. Texas, that's a give me, and nobody wants to play Mississippi State. Yeah, no, they don't even play them. Like they play them every year because of divisions, but they're not like 
Have you not been trying to develop something with South Carolina? Exactly. Here? Do you think you, they went like, over there that first year where they went into Columbia and did that damn chant on the state capitol? Like they've been trying to poke I, South Carolina I, and they've been trying to poke. Um, and if you're uh, going to tell me AM and LSU, I mean, LSU hasn't been solid, yes, like that's been a pretty pretty solid one. I know they're like they've been trying to make that happen. Yeah. And not to mention, A&M and Arkansas is already accepted between those two schools exactly. as, as, like, something real. Makes no sense. So, yeah. And then, so, uh, 247 also for Texas, they have, and this is just lazy to me. I mean, it's it's throwing out the old Southwest Conference. It's Arkansas, Oklahoma, and A&M. Like, for Texas? Yeah. Like, it's got, that, that kind of just has to be what Texas is, is though. Yeah. I'm sorry. You, you cannot not give them Aggie. You cannot take them away from sooner, and who else in the SEC makes more sense? No, that is right. That is right. That is the same. Yes, and then also oh, it's really A and M's that they kind of messed up. Then Oklahoma, they have the same Mizzou, Texas, and Texas A and M. So I think that works. It's yeah, interesting to it'll, see. It'll be interesting to see where where it all where it all goes. But I will say, I think I'm probably more interested, at least lately, in. And some stuff that's a little more out west, and some uh, some conference realignment centric stuff, and we can look nationwide really yep. when we get when we fully get into it, and kind of see what the like kind of I don't know just the landscape of the makes some conjectures about uh, exactly what might happen next and when next might happen. We could do that. We'll get into the Pac-12 next here on the College Chaos Podcast. Welcome back into the College Chaos Podcast. I'm Garrett Ross. He's Jack McKenzie. Sorry the break was so short. I forgot to load the long one. You know what? It happens, man. So, yeah. So, we're going to be kind of doing this on the fly now, like, until we can get some more production coming in. But uh, we had some things happen. Nothing bad or anything like that. But we're a little short We're a little right short staff now. now, and we're kind of making this work as we go. And the Pac-12 might be a little short-staffed come pretty soon as well if they don't get their stuff together. But, so, I think the Pac-12 is intriguing because if you if you were a fan of the Pac-12, and I mentioned this kind of starting off, I think you looked at the Big Ten, you looked at Kevin Warren, he's going to, this, to the Bears, and you're like, oh, damn, all right, we finally get some relief here. We don't have to worry about nobody coming and stealing Oregon. You don't have to worry about nobody coming and take uh, Washington. Those are your main two you look at there. But then now you had George Klyavkov in Dallas last week checking out SMU as part of an expansion program. Um, and then obviously you got uh, San Diego State as well. And I think it's I think this is inevitable. And I'm not saying it's necessarily going to be those two teams. But I think when you look at the, the grand scheme of college athletics where the Big Ten, the SEC are already at 16, uh, the Big 12 is finally going to be back to 12 and probably looking to grow as well. But, I mean, they're in a position out west where you have to find other teams, right? I think it's you have to find one or two others. But after that, I don't think they need to. I honestly think it would destabilize them more to go beyond uh, beyond that, beyond adding two. Um, and there just aren't a lot of good candidates left at this point. There really aren't. Like, it is... We are getting to that slim pickings part where, like, a lot of stuff will happen at the lower levels at at, at the group of five levels yeah. in terms of movement, but the power five level, I think we're really kind of slowing down to the next big domino is going to be if someone raids the ACC, right, and when that might be. Well, I think that's also one of those things where that that's probably going to happen sooner rather than later. Um, and I think your your first two schools that raid, the, I mean, the first conferences that raid them was probably going to be the the SEC and the the Big Ten moving to twenty apiece, which then kind of puts everything in a weird dichotomy of, of like what the hell do you do? But 
As far as like your I, school, I want to dive into that Go. a little. Uh, so first off, when is your sooner rather than later? Like what timetable are, are you looking at? I, Just that, obviously, this is all like pure conjecture. Like we we're not right. connected. We don't have sources on any well, of this. I feel like this is a one of those things where you wouldn't really be able to see any movement until the ACC deal comes up, which that's in what twenty thirty or it's late. Like they put themselves. It's kind of a blessing and a cursing with their their TV deal because they put it so far out that they can't be touched. But as the the landscape changes around them, does it is it beneficial? Like it's not up until thirty five, thirty six. Okay, so then unless some kind of which I mean, it kind of goes back to the and I'm not when it gets into all this negotiating and TV, that's so far over my head. But unless there's a, a situation where. ESPN, because ESPN holds their rights, right? Like ESPN's got to be looking yeah. at them and saying, well, we can work out a deal to, to cut it in half if they know like they're going to be partnered with the SEC and they can get some of that shared revenue where they really wouldn't be losing much. Then I could see it happening sooner. Um, but I would say by at least the time the deal is up, you're going to know like a year or two ahead if things stay pat where there's movement and i think it's almost inevitable unless they because i don't see them locking up some big being able to to kind of have the same revenue as the big 10 or the sec that's that's almost impossible for any conference yeah i i don't see that happening either i see there, there's still that um, it's probably more of a pie in the sky dream at this yeah. point of like the best of the leftovers right kind of can coalesce and get close um but so you are you saying that you see a de like a decade here of of stability now? I mean, I, I don't know if I, it's necessarily a decade of stability. That, that sounds like later than rather than sooner to me. Maybe it is. Maybe it's re maybe it's later. I'm just I just feel like I, I don't I don't think the Big Twelve is is sitting pat. I think right now they're cool with where they're at, and they're kind of waiting for whatever's going to unfold with the Pac-12 before they can make their move. Um, and then if the pack crumbles, then you're in a situation where the, are these other conferences going to absorb them as well? I, I, I just I don't hate that for them. Like, I don't want to see the Pac-12 crumble. Like, I don't understand that, that concept and that mindset that people want to see that. I didn't really understand it until I was an alum of a school that, saw the Pac-12 as a lifeline, mm -hmm. and they thumbed their nose at us. Right. And they not being the actual schools, they being the fans of those schools. I need that to be clear. I don't take fan interactions as, oh, well, clearly the institution feels right. the same way. But there's something there that when the Big 12 looked like it was in dire straits a couple of summers ago, or even just like over the last year, mm -hmm. it was – it, it flipped a switch in, in me where I was like, yeah, no, if they're going to be like that to us. Right. Then we'll, let, we'll, let it burn. We'll, like, we'll take what we want <laughs> from them and then let the rest go. Yeah. Like, go somewhere else. If you can get in somewhere else, cool, whatever. But, like, don't, don't thumb your nose at us because, like, we have some different values. It's like, I've been around here, and, frankly, I feel like I've, I've be, like – I became more left of center in college because of right. Baylor. So it, it's really weird to me not to get like political here. No, I know what it's you're just saying. weird to me to see such judgment. It's like one, this is all about college sports. Like, come on now. Yeah. And we can help you guys earn more money because we're not a bad brand. Like I know there have been like specific to Baylor. There's been some bad stuff, mm -hmm. but I've been around. I know. Uh, I know all the people who've replaced yeah. the people who fucked up. Yeah. And, sorry for the cuss word, but like, it stuff has changed, and there's a good brand here. There are plenty of good brands here, and I can look at other brands and other other colleges in the Big Twelve and be like, we have more successful athletics than than them. So why are you so quickly thumbing your nose at us? And, and I'm, I know other Big Twelve schools feel the same way as I do, and probably even look down on Baylor right. a little but the the point is is like I can understand why people are not against the Pac-12 dying yeah. now because of that kind of situation my thing though is like regardless of who you get like like right now 
if you add SMU and you add San Diego State, that's really not doing much for me. No, like, I mean, cool. It's not doing like anything. Cool. You added them. Like, the Big 12 could have had SMU a million times and they've just never been interested. I would love to see it for SMU. I think it would be great to get them on a Power Five platform. But at the same time, like, there's a reason they've been left out in the cold. Like, yeah. they just don't. I love it. I love it for SMU. But, and sorry to interrupt. No, but, you're good. Dude. But, like, it just does not make sense for the Big 12 at all no. to add SMU. And it just doesn't seem like it adds much to the Pac-12 either. So, looking back, it's sadly like that death penalty is hitting for a second time with that program. <laughs> like, no, seriously, it did them in at the worst time. Yeah, because I mean... Them, it did them in right before the, the Southwest Conference ended, and they didn't get into the Big 12. Yeah. I don't know if, like, they would have made it otherwise, but they definitely didn't make it after because yeah. of that. So, like... It, it, it's almost like it's the second wave of the same death penalty. It is. And then, like, your other only true options out there right now would be Boise State, who's been trying everything they can to, to get into a conference. And it's, it's weird because, like, it, they're in a similar situation where if all of this stuff and this, this changing landscape would have happened in the, the heydays of Chris Peterson, you know, they would have been in the, in the Pac-12 in a heartbeat. And I, now they're just another damn team. Like, it's just another average team out there. I don't know about that. I I think that while while I do think they're underrated for how much they would actually move the needle ratings wise, I still think that they are looked at like you don't move the needle enough ratings wise and right. that's all that matters because that's where the income is. Um so I think I think personally Boise State would be a better ad because I think more neutral eyeballs would be like, I wanna see that. I will tune in for that. You will get higher ratings. You can sell your ad mm. space for more because of Boise State. I just don't think, I, I I don't think that necessarily the media uh, deal provide the media companies or the conference view Boise State that way or looking necessarily at the neutrals or other yeah. other school fans will want to tune in because it's Boise because they right. have this reputation which they've been able to maintain which well is, I'll give them that they have you know it, it's fun you know everybody knows the blue turf and all that but where a lot of programs could have had that hype and disappeared when things weren't going you know hats off to them for really kind of keeping it relevant that's a great point to bring up so but now that USC and UCLA are gone you're looking at a conference where no other team other than Washington has won a national championship. Um, I don't, for the life of me, I don't understand how Arizona State is just irrelevant as a program as a whole. Like that's a, I had the opportunity to go out to the campus last week. It is a badass campus. It's beautiful. Uh, you're right. You're in a perfect location. Uh, I, it just boggles my mind how Arizona State is not. A, like if I was a kid being recruited, I would go there in a heartbeat. Like it's. I would go to the Pac-12 in a heartbeat if that, that if I was a recruit. That's just me, like just from other standpoints. I would just, I would definitely consider that. But the biggest hiccup with all this is, what are you going to do from a TV standpoint? Like like everybody else, the, the Big 12 has got their deal. You're, you're the last one out there, and you're you're battling it out with linear. You're battling it out with, um, are you going to go to like Amazon and stuff? Well, earlier today, before we went on, at 11.30, Britt McMurphy uh, from Action Sports Network put out there that CBS and Turner are no longer involved in the Pac-12's media rights, so you, you cannot rely on them. Um, and then I found this tweet from Jason Shear. He uh, covers Arizona for 247 Sports, and he's been very adamant like about th this whole process and in the – ins and outs and the weeds along with John Wilner and them. But there's apparently a, a conversation out there on sports business journal where podcast uh, on the podcast where Fox is saying like they would only get involved for pennies on the dollar. Amazon doesn't want a lot. They just want your main games. Like I don't, I don't see it's like things are getting worse before they're getting better for the PAC 12 regarding TV negotiations. And then if you can't make this somehow come together, you're in a situation where are your four corner schools really going to come to the Big 12 and be their 16? Like that's a really viable option that if I'm a Pac-12 fan, I'm I'm a little nervous about right now. Yeah, that that option becomes so much more viable if if this apparent new trend in in media negotiations for the Pac-12 
is more than just a short trend. If, right. if this is just the direction things are going for them, that is one of, honestly, three ways in which I see the next big wave of realignment getting started. Yeah. I figured it was the most unlikely, actually. I figured the Pac-12 would find a deal that puts them worse than the Big 12, but still still sustainable to their league mm-hmm. to keep people there. But this doesn't sound sustainable. No, it, it doesn't. This, this sounds like, okay, once once a school has a concrete offer from another league where they know they can get significantly more money, because let's be real, this gap mm-hmm. sounds significant. Oh, yeah, it does. Then, then they're going to jump ship in a heartbeat. It's just crazy. Like, like you always hear about markets and, you know, like the New York market, the L.A. market. Like, this is, this is a good reflective balance of how important the L.A. market is because you've completely lost that, and now your whole damn conference is on the verge of dying. It's really unreal to me. I, and I would hate to see it. I like the Pac-12. I think it's fun. I think, you know, it, it's, it's quirky. It is what it is. I've always kind of had a soft spot for the Pac-12. So I, I want to see it stay alive and bumping. But yeah, it, go it's, ahead. it's a fun, quirky conference. Um, and it, it'll be sad to see because I feel like it's got its own distinct feel to it. Yeah, absolutely. I know, I know does. a lot, like, every conference will say that, but there's just something that feels like, yeah, it's the West Coast. They like it's the vibe is just different. different. And, and it'll be sad to lose that. It's not. I don't, it's I don't not think better, it can be preserved in pockets and other no. conferences. Yeah, it's just, it's one of those things, man. Where it, you know things change, times change. I just I would hate to see that for the Pac-12. But let's put a bow on this. Coming up next, we're going to get into a fun segment where we do the buy or sell SEC edition here on the College Chaos Podcast. Oh, I did it again. Jack. Oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do with you, Jack? Fire me. No, I can't Fire do that. Fire me into the sun. <laughs> all good. The sun. All good, man. All good. All good. Let's get into this. Some buy or sell SEC action. And this is a this is a great segment that you came up with. Uh, I like this. I, I came up with, man. Everyone does this, but I think we're going to have some fun with it, too. Look, I know. I know. You know what I'm saying. You threw it out there, so we're going to ride with it. And I, we, we initially were going to do this a couple weeks back, and we we're going to start with the whole, like, college uh, playoff landscape and how that will work. But with everything going on, I figured it would be fun to kind of get into just SEC own only. Uh, so – Jack, buy or sell, Texas A&M makes an SEC championship before divisions end, which would be their only opportunity coming up this season. Sell. They're not making the SEC championship this year. There's no way in hell. I, I agree with you. I fully sell this. I thought it was funny because, I, you know, knowing that they didn't they've, – they've not made the championship, but it's crazy to think that they went over there with such high hopes and they find themselves in this boat with, like I believe, it's South Carolina, Kentucky, and Vanderbilt – it's just kind of the most Texas A&M thing possible that could come together. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> it's pretty funny, honestly. But I I don't – Loki, I was kind of like, why are we even asking this one? Who's going to buy? Nobody's going to buy. buy. Some delusional dude in A&M. Oh, so you're so – he, he, you, He's you turned up at the – You just want to take a shot at He's turned up at the Dixie Chicken wanting to, want to buy in You just want to take a shot at the Aggies. Got to, man. Hell yeah, I want to get a shot at the Aggies. <laughs> okay, now well, I'll take a shot at my own team. Yeah, what's the next question? Take a shot at my own team here. Brian Kelly gets divorced before he wins a natty at LSU. Bye, 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 bye. This is the most insane thing. I, I don't know what the hell is going on in Baton Rouge because it's like every time a new coach comes in, and whether it be during their tenure or sometimes after – we start look, looking and hearing of all the um, extracurricular activities, per se, going on off the field. And I think this one for Brian Kelly with and leading into the, the bowl game. Against, it was a bowl game against Purdue, wasn't it, with the whole yeah. shawang bang and whatnot? Yeah, all that. And, I mean, let's be real. I can just see this playing in my head of, well, one, the kids already had to, like, come out and deny yeah. that, <laughs> that, they, that their parents were getting divorced. And in my head, all I can hear is, like, I, I don't know, uh, like, I've never heard his wife speak, but I just hear, you know, this, like, conjured up voice of his wife going, like, you've changed, and him in the Bayou accent going, like, 
I, I don't know a goodbye you accent, but you're like, yeah. he's going like, no, I haven't. I'm talking about William. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you know, like the, the whole accent thing from, from his like opening press or whatever. Dude, was. that was the most embarrassing thing. Like when he did that, I was like, oh, this is what we're in for. Like, You've I, changed. You have, you you have, have really changed. You, I, could, I could say something that you probably get me you in trouble. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to dial it back before I get, get us canceled real quick. <laughs> so, Come on, man. Buy or sell, the SEC goes to non-conference games. I'm selling because I have no faith in y'all. I oh, I think they see it as I think the SEC sees it as an advantage, and they won't do it unless they're forced to. I'm gonna buy it. I, I think it's one of those where, while it, I would kind of lean towards eight and and you know whatever. I don't care. But I, I think you're gonna see the landscape change. I, I think it's one of those where it's the more teams you bring in, and if you're wanting to continue to grow, it's it's almost inevitable. Like you're gonna have to do it, whether it's this uh, in 2024 or before 2030. You're definitely. I, I think it's inevitable. They're gonna have to go to nine games. I mean, I hope to God you're right because, dear Lord, if you're playing eight games in conference in a 16 team conference, you're only playing half, half of the, the yeah, conference. Yeah, that's, each that's year. not feasible. Like, like you, it's you not can't feasible. do that. You can't do that. So, yeah, I, I definitely – I'm going to buy that. I think they go to, uh, to nine games. Buy or sell. Texas or Oklahoma wins the Big 12 on their way out. Oh, man. I I mean, we made these picks last week. We did. Two weeks ago. No, shoot. Two and a half weeks ago. That's we been, did a weird Friday a episode. Yeah. We both picked Texas. I think that means I have to buy. Um, Texas is looking like they should just – flat out be the favorite in conference this year um oklahoma has a ways to go to prove it mm-hmm. but if they play again like we said like they did against florida state in their bowl game they should be up there in contention yeah they really should buy or sell all big 10 versus sec college football playoff this season i'm selling that again it feels like an easy answer to me i just i, I know it's the last year right with mm-hmm. with just four yeah but man the, the odds that both conferences have it aligned perfectly where they either have two undefeated teams playing right. in the conference championship game, which that's not how it's going to go for the Big Ten. We know that. Yeah. The, the, the actual playoff contenders in the Big Ten are all in the East, which means one of them will have to be that one loss, didn't even play in their conference championship game team to get in. And the SEC, it could be a similar thing. It's more likely the SEC gets two in just because yeah. they've got – more of a balance of their top contenders. But I just – I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. I'm going to sell this one as well. I feel like if if Texas wasn't on the rise, uh, the Big 12 would probably be in a situation where they're struggling to get somebody in this season. Um, I think just for the sake of USC being USC and the fact that I think they would love the college football would love to get them into a the playoff or the title just for the eyes, just because of the brand. I, I think that those that, that likelihood of one of them two getting in, along with probably two teams from the SEC and a Big Ten team, and Clemson's always an outlier. I mean, we don't know what Clemson's going to do this year. Florida State's looking good as well. I just feel like right now, this isn't the year that you're going to see that. Yeah, I, I, I just don't see. I, it. I think the ACC is a favorite, honestly, this year to be Should that be. that third conference uh, over the Big Twelve and the Pac Twelve. I think that uh, Florida State and Clemson, oh. it's gonna like it's gonna come down to those schools. Um, I I'm not gonna discount the Big Twelve too much. I just think that the ACC looks like it's better aligned to be that conference that's top heavy, right? And the the top those top teams can really run through and get to where they need to be. Uh, the Big Twelve is definitely gonna be closer to a knife fight. And uh, I know you, uh, the Pac-12 is going to be more like the ACC, yeah. and I should probably rate them over the Big 12 in that regard. I just have zero trust in um, zero trust in USC, who's probably looking like the favorite because of the defensive situation oh, there. Oh, God, it's so bad, dude. And then, frankly, I also see like it looks like with the quarterback uh, talent they've got in that conference, it seems like it's there. A lot of teams are on an upswing, and. I think it's going to be closer to a knife fight, closer to, to the Big 12 level of competitiveness. So I do. that's why I think the ACC's got the inside, inside route there. And, yeah. Buy or sell, SEC and Big 10 will stop scheduling Big 12 teams. I'm going to sell. I just – I don't know. It, it, it's tough to put it, – it, it's a gut feeling. It's just like – 
I mean, Baylor already has a series with Auburn scheduled for like 27, 28 or something. Um, and I know that's getting closer and closer each year. It just it, it doesn't feel like they will fill out their schedules just with each other. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's honestly smart for those conferences. I think that would lend to a to less of a one A one B and more of a one and two yeah. kind of situation. And I don't think either conference wants to take that chance. So I think they'd rather schedule the Big Twelve, the ACC, the Pac twelve, those other Power Five schools as those as those like one off home and homes, right. and just be like, yeah, we're better than those conferences. Remember that. I, as much as I would like to say sell, um, I, I, I agree with you. I, I think that's all logic. It's just I feel like those two conferences are at a point where they're looking for brands instead of good games. Like, I think the, the new Big 12 is going to be so fun, but the fact that there's not, like, a brand there, it's going to be shunned, you know, like like from a national perspective, like it always has been. Uh, we, could, we could dive into this a little yeah. another time, but – I think that that is more of I th- I feel like we've gone away from let the product stand on its own. Exactly. And like if if you if you put these great like great Big 12 knife fight games on yeah. on national television primetime and told like Dude. basically told people you should want to watch this because like look look at the slot you should want to watch them. They'll tune in they'll be like that didn't disappoint. Yeah. But it's like, oh, you got to guarantee more people tune yeah. in initially with the brand. It's like, oh, I don't know. I, I just feel like you should let the, the content speak for itself more than just the branding. And the you would think. That's, but that, that's, that's, that's another logical thought. We can't, that's a, we can't that's take logically. of worms to jump into. Uh, last one we have for you. Georgia will not three-peat. I got to buy that. It just the odds of three-peating, they're like, it's a, such a great program. And clearly, Kirby has gotten much much closer to level level of saving i mean mm-hmm. the rat poison management and all <laughs> that but you lose your quarterback you lose your offensive coordinator yep that seems like a lot to overcome even though they absolutely have great talent on campus and they absolutely should be able to hire or promote someone who's and your schedule looks like a jv schedule i just mathematically that's why <laughs> that I, I i gotta go against it but like i'm i'm not gonna sit here and say they won't make the playoff and they won't have every shot at winning it. right i just there's there's that gut feeling that like there's no way they can so that this isn't like a shot at georgia this is just like a if i was a betting man yeah i just feel like i would have to bet against yeah yeah, I'm with you. I don't think they're going to three-peat. I think that they're going to probably have the best opportunity of, of anybody, you know, just given the, the schedule that they have presented before them this year. And I think they have so much talent on that roster where you can go old school the way Alabama used to win, where even if you have a quarterback come in who is not on the – it's that's Bennett was kind of a weird duck anyway because he wasn't that great. But I think that there's so much talent around you that you could essentially have a game manager come in and you could easily – Pencil in 10 wins regardless. They're just one of those programs right now. But I, I don't I don't ducks. see them winning the Natty. I, I just don't. Yeah. There's well, too much against them. Yeah, I agree. Um, I've got one buy or sell for you before we close up shop for the day. What we got? I'm nervous. Buy or sell. The Big 12 is the primary actor in the next big wave of realignment. I'm buying that because I think the Big 12 – I love Brett Yormark. I love his mindset. He, he's just – he brings a intensity and, and and the way he attacks the markets and the game. Um, I think they go really hard after the, the Arizona States, Arizona. And if I'm them, I've tried to figure out some way to finagle Oregon and Washington into that mix as well. I know it's geographically you're going to say four corners. Um, but, yeah, I think the Big 12 is definitely – uh, going to be a big player if this happens, and I would love to see it. Uh, Even though I said I hate to see the Pac-12 dissolve, but if I had the opportunity covering the Big 12 to head out there, I'm all for it. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Specifically what I meant by primary actor is, like, you push the next domino. Like, the, the Big 12 is the one to push that next domino. Do you? Yeah, still? I can see that. I mean, because, I mean, especially if, if the TV negotiations still keep trending the way they are for the Pac-12, then hell yeah, you jump on that and – 
you, you throw out, look, we're, we're stable here. We got this guaranteed coming in. We can do this. We can do that. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, in my mind, it's uh, I'm being the one who posed this question. It, it's either the Big 12 or the SEC. Either the SEC goes after the ACC and starts that can of worms, yeah. or the Big 12 gets and, some Pac-12 schools. And I, think, I, think both of them, I think both of them are going to happen in the future. The SEC is going to go after the ACC, but at the same time, given the circumstances, TV negotiations, timing, and everything, I think absolutely the Big 12 will start trying to eat up the Pac-12 pretty soon. Yeah, well, I think that's a – seeing as we have no idea what can happen next, what will <laughs> happen next – uh, it's intriguing to jump into it, but I think that's a pretty good place to, to wrap it up for the day. It is, man. We appreciate y'all listening. We appreciate you coming in here every week as we go live uh, from noon on the College Chaos podcast. Be sure to check out uh, 365 Sports in the afternoon. Like and subscribe. Go to Sikkim365.com and check out everything regarding Baylor Athletics. We have you covered. For Jack, I'm Garrett. It's been real. Holler at y'all.